this is Perfectly Not Normal. My name's Michaela. And I'm Epi. Perfectly Not Normal is a storytelling podcast where we get to hear the stories of other people's lives. We get to hear about all the amazing adventures our guests experience. We love putting a spotlight on others because we believe that everyone has a unique story to tell. So sit back and enjoy season four of Perfectly Not Normal. Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal podcast with Epi and Michaela. Hey guys, this is a storytelling podcast and we get to tell stories, not just of us, but other people. So each episode, we're going to have different people come on and they're going to tell their story and we're just going to make a conversation out of it. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Every time it's never like interview or like crazy, like heated discussion. It's just like a conversation. We want to know the facts. We want to know the tea, right? The truth. We want to know the tea, you know, spilling the whole tea. Yes. (laughs) I love this. I mean, this whole podcast because... I don't know. It's crazy to know that everybody has a story and everybody has different perspective on things. And just yeah. listening to it and getting a story out of it, I love it. It's so fun. Abby, where can they find this podcast? So this podcast is available on any podcast platform. Wherever you get your podcast, you will find us there. We're just perfectly not normal. We're also on social media. Do you want to tell us about social media? You're right. We're on Instagram at perfectly.not.normal. And we're on Facebook at perfectly not normal. So you can find us there. DM us and just get in contact with us. We'd love to know what you're thinking about our episodes. And if you enjoy them or if you hate them, please tell us either way. Yes, we love our haters, too. So don't be afraid to say whatever you want. For sure. Leave a comment. uh, Leave a little review. Good stuff. You know, five stars. We love those five stars. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So this podcast episode, I'm excited because I have one of my good, close, college, fun RA friends from the past. (laughs) She's not an RA anymore, and I don't really have an RA team with her anymore. But I still consider her, like the RA friend that I have. I love this person so much. She gives the best hugs. I will say that. Yeah, she's got a really cool story. And we're just going to talk about things that happened over the summer, especially her side. Right. (laughs) Because a lot of things happened over the summer. But, you know, everybody has a different story on that. Yeah, what a time. (laughs) So we're going to pass on the mic to her and she's going to say her name. Her major. she's studying, where she's at in life. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have her say her seventh favorite uh, celebrity. Yes. <laughs> that was not? really hard. Her seventh favorite celebrity, female oh. or male. Right. All right. Hey, guys. My name is Lauren. I am a ministerial missions major. And I don't know. My seventh favorite celebrity is a strange number. So let's go with um, Channing Tatum. Nice. I don't know what number he falls on, but we'll say he's number seven today. Nice. <laughs> nice. supposed to go on a very cool trip like a mission trip through our university but then the good old rona hit and everything was canceled but you were like no i'm still doing this and i don't know how you made it work i want you to talk about it i want you to talk about how even if it got canceled through our university you were still able to go and then also like what you decided to do there and what you did who were you with all of those details so do you want to start on by yeah (laughs) yeah so this summer i was supposed to go to a town called cactus texas and i was supposed to work and be an intern for the nazarene ministry center um but the university because of covid had to cancel all of their sponsored mission trips 
Um, but they encouraged me if I was willing and able to still go by myself um, that we made it happen. So I got in contact with the directors down there um, and we still made it work. So ended up going down a little bit later, left a little earlier than planned, but still had a significant amount of time um, there at the ministry center. And basically me um, and another person from campus, Marissa, um, were interns at the ministry center, along with our friend Scarlene, who was also down there. And she's still down there now. She's staying down there for a while oh, wow. um, in good old Cactus. So, um, yeah. See, I never even heard of Cactus, Texas. I don't know what this is. Like, what made you go, yes, Texas, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, so Cactus is um, in the north panhandle of Texas, which means little square part up at the top um so, like, <laughs> so it's in texas but it's up at the top so it's texas but when you think of like texans they're probably not as like pro-texas as the rest of, but they're still pro-texas because mm. texas is its own country i yeah very much so yeah. so <laughs> cactus <laughs> is very unique because it's a super small town about three thousand people um and it's extremely diverse so some of the numbers will say anywhere from 25 to 30 different people groups. Um, most of the people in Cactus are immigrants, refugees, migrant workers from all over the world. So um, the Hispanic population is decently high um, coming from Mexico, but a lot from um, Guatemala um, and some other countries. And then another large group in the town is um, men, normally men from Sudan. Um, and they're called um, the Sudanese Lost Boys. So um, a lot of these men were children soldiers um, in the war in Sudan, and then they're um, marked as refugees, and they're allowed to come to America. And for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, but for whatever reason, yeah. um, Cactus is kind of where all of these different people groups meet. So people from Guatemala, Mexico, Sudan, um, Burma, had no idea where Burma was until I got yeah. down there this summer. Um, and so Cactus is what's called a second settlement city in the U.S. So when people come as the U.S., um, no matter their status, they normally go to a first settlement city to kind of get everything in order. And then from there, the government and their social workers that they work with will normally give them maybe some suggestions if they don't really know where to go. Um, and Cactus is one of those because it houses one of the largest meatpacking plants, if not the largest in the U.S. I can't remember. Um, but it's a giant beef packing plant. Um, and it's a job that, unfortunately, most Americans don't want. Um, but a lot of these people from other countries have skills that so happen to work in this uh, plant because of, like, butchering skills and things that right. maybe they, they have already from their home country. And so a lot of them come to Cactus um, to live, and then they end up working at either the beef packing plant or uh, the lecheria, so the milk dairy farm place <laughs> down the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. I have a question. Have you ever seen the movie, oh, what's it called? It's got Reese Witherspoon, and it's about the Lost Boys of Sudan. Sorry. Um, yes, I, I think I just watched it. it this summer when I was down there, but I'm not going to remember the title. I don't remember the title. I think it's called, like, A Good Lie, The Good Lie. Something. Something like that. Yes, I don't, if you, yes, If you good. guys don't know that movie, check it out. It's called The Good Lie. It actually is a story of group of the lost boys yep. of sudan and it's how they went to america yep and, and it's very realistic it's like, so good from working with some of them this summer um so my friend marissa worked closer with um some of the um sudanese um so she was closer to some of them than i was but even from um just having conversations with them briefly and, and learning more about them it's very very real like you watch the movie and i was like wow okay now i see that and so yeah, yeah it's hard but 
So what kind of things did you do this summer, like, with them? Like, so you were in a ministry, but, like, what were your, like, day-to-day activities? Yeah, so initially, pre-COVID, we were supposed to go down to run children's day camp um, type thing for the kids in the community. Because of COVID, the town was on lockdown for a while, and then when we got down there, you can't have groups of people, so that idea went out the door. Um, and so we kind of went down and weren't sure exactly what we were going to end up doing. Um, so we had to just be really flexible with whatever we could do, we were willing to do. So um, I ended up doing a handful of um, administrative work for the center, just helping them get things in order and, and organizing some files and just getting them in a better place to function. And then we did a lot of what um, I classify as like compassionate ministries. So the center had made COVID care kits for anyone in the town that we knew was diagnosed with COVID. So normally how it happens, a social work would call us um, and we would, they would come and pick up these care kits from us and they would deliver them um, to the people or families who um, had COVID. So they had things like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, um, some food, um, basic like Tylenol, um, that kind of things in them. And we packed it up for them to take. So we did a lot of that. And then our summer actually involved a whole lot of Um, food distribution events. So because of COVID, a lot of people were laid off. Money might have been tighter than it normally was. Um, And so JBS, which is the uh, meatpacking plant, um, had donated um, and given us cow tongue, which... Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. It sounds gross, no. but it's actually good. No, no. Okay, okay. Continue. I, I did not eat the cow tongue, but people were like lined up down the road for hours for this cow tongue. Um, it was, what? yes. So we had like hundreds of boxes of cow tongue that Marissa and I went with uh, one of the directors and we loaded up this trailer. My arms were like noodles from carrying these boxes and moving them, but we knocked it out of the park and uh, and people lined up for this cow tongue. So that was like the first week I was there. People came and Wait, ate it all. So you were carrying like crates of actual just cow tongue? Like oh, no, no, no. Like, it's like frozen in like a cardboard box. Oh, and but so you couldn't like, see anything. No, we okay. did open. We opened one up to look at it, though. It looks gross. Yeah, it looks Ew. gross. But it's delicious, guys. <laughs> Ew, no, no, no. <laughs> the thought, like, the thought of, like, this is, like, going through my head. I'm like, I don't even know what it looks like, but, like, It looks like I a cow tongue. To. Like, why do you imagine I the tongue of a cow? It looks, like, chopped off, no, frozen in no, a box. you just said chopped off. That just really ruined everything. <laughs> what do you think most of your meat looks like? It's actually probably... This is the reality, guys. It's good. Just saying. So Just saying. I have an announcement. I'm going to go vegan now. Cow tongue, man. I tell you. They were excited. <laughs> I should move to Texas. Anyway. Cow tongue. <laughs> anyway, I love that. How did this summer like impact what you want to do once you graduate? Like where where do you want to go with this internship? Like what were like the skills that you were like, oh wow, like this is something that I always want to do or actually this is cool that I did this but I don't want to do it again type thing. Yeah, so like I said, so my major is ministerial missions. Basically, it's a fancy word for saying it's a ministry degree with an emphasis on cross-cultural work. So that was part of the reason I was drawn to Cactus was just because it is a town in the U.S. that makes you feel like you're not in the U.S. Mm-hmm. because of the diversity um, and the, like, you will walk down the street, you'll hear Spanish, you'll hear Keche, you'll hear Arabic, 
and a whole lot of tribal languages in between. <laughs> um, and so half the time I had no idea what people were saying. Um, my Spanish is minimal to none. So <laughs> I learned some while I was down there. But um, my time down there um, really just helped me like create my um, theology of ministry and what I want ministry to look like. Um, and even more so like to develop my call to ministry. And so the reason I'm my major um, and not a different ministry degree is because I have an extreme passion for incorporating local outreach and global missions better in a local church setting. So a lot of times you'll hear of a church that's really passionate about um, global missions and they do a lot there, which is awesome. Um, but sometimes then they don't do as as much like outreach in their own community as they probably could or vice versa. You have a, a church that's super um, engaged in their community and helping in tons of ways, but not necessarily seeing the church as bigger than their own congregation or like their town. And so I think those two go very much hand in hand, which is something you see in Cactus because of the the people that are there. So the ministry center was really awesome for me to work at, to really understand what compassionate ministry can look like in a community setting. So hosting food distribution events and just getting calls from people in the community. They're like, hey, I can't get diapers this week. Can you help me? Um, and so, you know, doing that, but then also seeing um, the wide variety of programs that the ministry center offers. So um, they're in the process of getting accredited, <laughs> accredited um, through the Department of Justice. So they're currently working with somebody who's already accredited to help people with their immigration process um, to become citizens or um, residents or renew their visas and, and things of that nature. Um, but then they also normally during the school year will run an after school program. And then the summer it normally turns into like a day camp for the community kids. They host um, ESL and civics classes for people to just learn English um, and or to learn English for the purpose of becoming a citizen. Um, and anything else that the community needs, like the ministry center, that's what they want to be there for. And so when people come and they're like, hey, can you do this? Like they're going to see if they can pull resources together um, to do that. And so that was a really awesome thing for me to learn, um, wanting to work in a local church setting, but seeing what it really looks like for your your church or in this sense, like a ministry center to function as like the place in the community that people go to for help. Um, because obviously you're going to have more people. Like sometimes you just need the police. Okay. But like for what it looks like for a community that's primarily not Christian to be willing to go to a Christian ministry center and be like, Hey, can you help me with this? And that's how they show the love of Jesus. It was so cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That actually kind of segues to my question. Like how was <laughs> it working through a Christian ministry to people who probably um, Muslim or mm -hmm. Jewish or like, yeah, because there's so much like, how was that relationship with the community and then the church? Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, Cactus, super diverse, lots of different people groups. Um, and so religion also plays a huge part into that. So there are a lot of people in Cactus who would identify as Christian, either mostly Catholic, but um, a handful of Protestant. But then the next like largest population would be Muslim. And so Cactus has their own mosque. Um, and a restaurant in town that um, prepares their food um, in the appropriate way for the Islamic tradition. And so what was really interesting to see was, um, like I mentioned before, just how some people are willing to, to get help or assistance or, or to just live in community with people who identify as a different religion, which is not something that we see a lot, unfortunately, or that's publicized when you do see it. Um, a lot of times, like we think there's so much tension, which sometimes there is like 
very much so. There are people of different traditions that don't want any help from Christians, and I understand why. Like, the history between them, like, I get it. Um, and so it was cool throughout our time there. Um, the Specifically, the Burmese population was the hardest group that the ministry center was um, able to reach, primarily because of a language barrier. So there's three different tribal dialects of Burmese. Um, the ministry center has no one on staff that can speak any of them. And so people on staff can speak Spanish. So the Hispanic population, it's a lot easier for us to communicate with. There's an African pastor on staff who speaks Arabic and Dinka, which are two of the main um, African languages that they see. And so you can normally, you know, segue into communicating with that population. But this Burmese group, they're like, we if they don't speak English, like communication is just really hard. So by the end of the summer, um, we had started these biweekly food distribution events with a partnership with a um, organization from Amarillo and uh, and so we were we had found a young girl in the community um, she's awesome who spoke uh, 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 one of the tribal languages of Burmese and also speaks English went through the school system and speaks English and was willing um, she's not Christian but was willing to partner with the ministry center so that we can reach these Burmese. So that was really awesome. So um, I had the privilege of going into some of their homes um, and just seeing their hospitality at work, which is a very humbling experience. <laughs> um, but then seeing them also being able and willing to come to the ministry center and for us to just smile and, and for that, like, they're like, thank you for this food. And we're just excited to see them. So there are definitely times where you saw tension and you just have to respect that. But you do a whole lot of praying that like, people will just be accepting and that even though they identify as a different religion, like through the small things that I think are small things like handing out boxes of chicken nuggets or frozen fish, um, like they see the love of Jesus through that and praying like over a, a period of time that that maybe they, they do um, change their ways and their, and their beliefs of religion. So, yeah. How often do people like just straight up like totally – are angry at you guys or like do you ever have people who like come in and just like have conflict like like when you're sharing Christ with them like like how like where's the tension in that or is there like total like is there acceptance is there love is it like an easy like um conversation to have like I guess like what I'm wondering is like those types of conversations like the difficulty the difficult yes that <laughs> I'm like I have this question but I'm like trying to figure out like how I'm saying it and I don't know if it makes sense at all I think I know what you're asking <laughs> yeah so maybe you can like reword it and then answer it because I'm struggling yeah so I think you're asking like how often um do we face challenges like when we're working with people of different religions. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. one thing that's probably important to note, so because it's a compassionate ministry center, um, a lot of the things they're doing currently are compassionate ministries. And so it doesn't always involve us just like walking down the streets and be like, hey, do you know Jesus? Um, not that that can't happen, but that wasn't a lot of what we were doing this summer. And so a lot of it necessarily wasn't talking about Jesus, but showing Jesus mm -hmm. through actions. Um, and if there was an opportunity for us to have that conversation, um, like people took advantage of it. And, and Marissa had a really cool experience of like being able to pray over a man um, who identified as Muslim. Um, 
and and praying over him and seeing some significant life change like through the end of the summer. But one of the other large pieces of our summertime there was we were finishing up a community needs assessment. So we knocked door to door all the <laughs> most of the houses of cactus. We didn't reach them all, but and basically just asked people like if we can ask them a few questions. We're just here. We want to see how we can better the community. Um, and so because you're knocking door to door, number one, you find language barriers. Number two, um, you have that religion barrier. Um, I have no idea how many doors I knocked on all summer. <laughs> um, there was one in particular um, who was Burmese that was yelling at us in Burmese. So I didn't know what he was saying, but um, our translator afterwards had told us that basically he was just screaming that he doesn't want our help. He doesn't need our help. Um, and so that's like really the only one that that I experienced um, while we were there. I think that's one of the cool things about Cactus, and I wish it got publicized more because I think specifically in the media and just like in people's conversations, there's an assumption that like a Christian and a Muslim cannot be friendly or friends. Mm -hmm. I think that is like a huge misconception. Um, like even me in high school, there was um, a girl in my high school a few years younger who was Muslim. Um, and we recognized that religious, like religiously, we had very different beliefs. I was not there to impose my beliefs on her. She wasn't there to vice versa to me, but like we had a relationship where we were able to ask each other questions. And I think that that's like what's there most of the time. And the ministry center has some really good relations with people in the community who are Muslim. And, and yes, we pray, um, for their conversion and that Jesus would reach in their heart, but we're not like walking up to them being like, oh, well, you're a Muslim. You don't believe in Right. And Jesus Christ, so we can't be friendly. And so, yes, it does happen. And like I said, I res I understand where they're coming from with a whole lot of their anger because if you don't know anything about Islamic and Christianity um, tensions, you should <laughs> look into them. <laughs> yeah, It's just important for us to know, um, especially when we live in a culture where people from the Islamic tradition are marked as things that they're not. Mm -hmm. um, and that's publicized more than... The really amazing people I met this summer who are Muslim, mm -hmm. but they care deeply about their community. Like you don't see that in the media. Wow. So, yeah. That's that's crazy and that definitely needs to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, like uh, seriously, it's it's a lot of like education that people just need to be aware and what is shown, yeah, you gotta be woke. <laughs> no, but like what is shown isn't exactly what it is. Like you have to experience it. You Yeah. Like my favorite thing that you said is we don't talk more about Jesus. We show Jesus by mm -hmm. actions. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's what's done the most, but we just don't publicize it. You know? Yeah. And it's important. Like there are your, you know, the big fancy term evangelism. Like there are times that you need to talk about Jesus. Like you have to use your words. I'm not denying that, but also you can't just use your words and not your actions. And so many times in like building a relationship before you can use your words, you need to show it in your actions. It takes an action. Yes. Yeah, yes. And and like those things, like those don't happen overnight. So like I didn't go into this summer expecting that I was going to see five Muslim people become Christians by the time I'm not there. Like that is a radical thought <laughs> um, and normally not how things happen. Not that it can't, but normally it wouldn't. Like those relationships need to be built over time and trust is established and you need to show that you care. And because if I'm going to expect for you to believe that Jesus loves you unconditionally and I'm following him, like you need to see that I love you. Um, and what that looks like doesn't normally happen in one. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. That's the way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, that's just not a conversation between like Muslims and Christians, but that's a conversation between Christians and, and everyone. Yep. Literally, yep. like so many people need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Let's talk about the stuff that happened, like memorable moments, whether it's like something funny that happened while you were like out having fun, maybe like in the middle of the night, maybe like during a meal. <laughs> She's laughing. So there's a lot. Okay. <laughs> tell me. So we had a car um, from the ministry center that we used for the summer. This car, her name is Big Blue. Okay. The car's name is Big Blue. I don't remember the year of this car. It's older than me. Um, and I'm... Middle-aged. No, I'm not middle-aged. I'm younger than that. (laughs) Okay, this car, I think, was from the early 90s or 80s, if I'm remembering right. I think it maybe was the early 90s. So it's a decently old car. Um, It's what I identify as, like, a drug dealer car, with air quotes. (laughs) Like, it is a low-riding, big car. Um, It's blue. And uh, Big Blue, at the beginning of the summer, did not run very well. And so we were very naive um, in driving her and thought that she was going to work fine. They've never had issues with her in the past. They like, well, you have to drive her a little bit different just because it's an old car, but you should be fine. So we're like, okay. So we took Big Blue through the drive-thru of Brahms, which Brahms is, a, I think, a southern thing because I'd never experienced it. It's an ice cream place. Really good, super cheap, awesome. Go Brahms. Um, little <laughs> plug. <laughs> but, so we took Big Blue through the drive-thru. Marissa was driving. Shout out to Marissa and her driving skills. And uh, we get through the drive-thru, pull out of the parking lot, turn the corner. We're on the highway, like the highway going through town, and this car dies, <laughs> like in the middle of driving. We all have ice cream in our hands. And so how Scarlene tells this story is that like before we realized what was going on, I was already out of the car. <laughs> I gave my ice cream cone to, to Scarlene. I said, hold this. And I jumped out of the car and I had to push this car like forward a little bit. And Marissa turned it so we could get around the corner. So little did we know that that had started a very decently long process of this car dying on us. Multiple times. And so I pushed the car the first time. Marissa and Scarlene had to push it another time. I had it in reverse, didn't realize. So they were pushing really hard. The car wasn't moving until I realized (laughs) it was in reverse. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Big Blue. She's Now she works fine. They got her fixed, but... We had I had some select words for that car in my head by the I'm end of this imagining, summer. I don't know why I'm just imagining you just hold my ice cream, like, <laughs> hold my hoops, but it's like hold my ice cream. Well, we were, it's out. like people are going 45 miles an hour down this road, like it's the main drag through town, and so like we're just stalled. Like if nobody's paying attention, like we're gonna get rear-ended. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, I got out of the car and I pushed. It's a heavy car. I and can imagine. oh man, yes, <laughs> and power. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> What about okay? Um, you talked about Marissa and Scarlene. Who I I know Scarlene. I don't know Marissa, but I mean, I just feel like all three of you guys were probably the fun oh. group. Oh yes. I want to hear more about this group. Like, what did you guys do together? We deemed ourselves. How you guys grew together? Such great interns. Things was that our happened. Quote. Oh yes. Tell us. Tell us more. And I don't know how much I can tell you for the world to know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. Fill <laughs> all the tea. But so we got super close. So um, Marissa and I are on the same um, 
um, had gone to summer camps and stuff before together. So I knew Marissa before coming down. So we drove down together and Scarlene um, flew down. Um, so the three of us knew each other, like, or at least of each other. Scarlene and I had gotten to know each other a decent amount before we went. And then, like I said, I knew Marissa from summer camps and stuff previously. Um, and then there was another girl, um, Sarah, who came down a little bit later, um, but she's on staff at the ministry center, but she's roughly our same age. And so we hung out all the time. So in the evenings, we were normally super tired. So a lot of our evenings involved like movies and TV, Netflix, duh. Um, and Brahm runs, well, at least at the beginning of the summer before we realized we said Brahms was cursed with that car because <laughs> there was more than once that we tried to go to Brahms and it died. So we got rid of that. Um, but yeah, so we hung out all the time. Um, we got to cook together. That's always super fun. Scarlene is from the Dominican Republic. Girl can cook. Um, and so we watched her cook and she taught us to cook. I have yet to make the Dominican dish that she cooked for us multiple times. That's so good. But one day maybe I'll make it. Is it cow tongue? No, okay. it's not cow tongue. <laughs> it's <good>. chicken. <laughs> No cow dung. Um, and once a week, we would have frozen pizza and frozen wings, and that was a thing. And we discovered the flavored bubbly water from Walmart. So it's like, but it's sweetened. So it's not like like LaCroix. But it's like the sweetened version. It's so good. And so now I have them at home and still have to drink them with almost every dinner because, like, that was our thing all summer. <laughs> yeah. I miss. I miss them. We're good. It was a good time, man. I tell you. How was it like going back here? Midwest, very different from Texas. Yeah. Like that transition, like you leaving behind. I know Scarlene is still out there. Tell me about. Yeah, so Scarlene's still, um, she'll be in Cactus for a year or so. Um, She's helping um, translate and do their media stuff down there. So um, we help. the Ministry Center also has an Instagram. You should follow it. I think it's Cactus Nazarene Ministries. She'll yell at me if I'm wrong. Or Ministry <laughs> Center. It's one of the two. We'll plug it in. <laughs> um, but so she runs that. So when I came back, it's weird because, like I mentioned, you go through Cactus. A lot of people speak Spanish. Um, a lot of African languages, Keche. Um, and so I gotten, I had gotten very, like, comfortable with not always <laughs> recognizing what people were saying. Um, and my Spanish going down, I know enough to, like, introduce myself and I know a whole lot of random words grammar's terrible um and so Scarlene helped me through the summer I learned some more things and so when we would do registration for the events I was asking people like what their name address and if they have kids and everything in Spanish but there were certain like Spanish words that in my head were I would just say them in Spanish so specifically like the word what so like if I don't understand someone like they say something I didn't catch it I'm like Instead of saying what, my head says como or K, like naturally. <laughs> so I came back here and somebody would say something and I wouldn't catch it. And I'd be like, como, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so what? I still catch myself doing it because when I would take registration, some Spanish speakers speak really fast in case you didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. And so <laughs> they'd say something and I just wouldn't catch any of it. And they'd have to like, repeat like themselves. <laughs> They're probably laughing at me, but repeat themselves three times or I'd have to be like, you know, <laughs> but so, yeah, so that was weird to not come home and speak Spanish. But I find my Spanish. I now listen to Spanish worship music in my car nice. oh, more than I listen to English speaking worship music. So that's how I'm going to teach myself. I've decided. I kind of want to know about the weather over there. 
because I I've been to the weather. I've been to Texas in the summertime. It's interesting. Yes. <laughs> The weather in Texas during the summer <laughs> really is, is interesting. Um, so like I mentioned, so we're in the northern part of Texas. So you're in the, the panhandle. So the panhandle weather is kind of its own animal. So it was significantly hot. Um, but we're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if it's labeled a desert, but there's a whole lot of dirt and dust. <laughs> um, it might be a desert. I don't know. Terrible geography. Um <laughs> And uh, so most of the time we're down there, super hot. So Big Blue didn't have air conditioning. So whoever had to sit in the back, you were just boiling. Um, If you were, because the window, one of the windows didn't work in the back either. She's a prime car, let me tell you. (laughs) We love her very deeply, even though we didn't at certain points in summer. But um, the weirdest weather thing I experienced is a dust storm, which has a name. So in Arabic, a dust storm is called a haboob. Like, that is the actual term. <laughs> and we experienced a haboob like no other. I thought that that was, like, going to be the end of the day. Like, end of all my days. I was like, this is where I go. Like Why? the Lord. What does it look like? Okay, so we're out taking surveys. So we have clipboards. Imagine me with a clipboard and multiple papers. I'm with Scarlene, my buddy. We have clipboards. We're walking, knocking door to door. All of a sudden, like, the wind picks up. To the point where, like, you're getting, like, pushed. So, like, we're walking, and so we had come back for lunch, but we had decided, like, it wasn't terrible. Like, at that point, it was just really windy. We're like, we're going to go out and see if we can get a few more surveys done for the day. Go back out. We get to this woman's house. She's the sweetest thing ever. Scarlene is surveying her because she speaks Spanish, so I'm just kind of standing and um, grabbing extra papers or anything we need. And, like, Scarlene is planted and getting pushed over by the wind. I am not a small human being, and I was getting pushed over by the wind. Like, that is how strong this wind was. So we decided that, like, we have to go back to the center. Like, this is we're, this is annoying. We're walking back. Like, because it's so windy, then you have dust flying everywhere. I have a photo of, like, the four of them out with their clipboards, like, being pushed. And it's the strangest thing. And then, like, when it's over, there's just, like, dust everywhere. So even though, like, your doors and windows are closed, like... All of this dust is coming through your AC, and, like, it's everywhere. It's nasty. Oh, it's so gross. But anyway, it's called a haboob. Does this this haboob happen frequently? Is this, like... I think, well, it happens because so they don't get a lot of rain. So then the dirt isn't, like, wet enough that it sticks. So when there's significant wind, it just picks all of it up and starts throwing it around. So, like, the sky was, like, brown. Oh, wow. It is gross. So, but it like in the old times, like the Dust Bowl, yeah, the olden days when they had like horses and carriages and things, <laughs> cowboys, like real, real cowboys. <laughs> That's like weird to think about because like here in the Midwest, I've never exactly. seen anything like that because it rains before. so much that like right. And for the most part, you have grass. Yeah, like you don't have much grass there. Like if there is grass, it's brown. It's dead. Like it's super dry. It's not green and yeah, lush. Like, oh wow. Dead. Okay, well, Texas is also very, very big. Like, this doesn't happen in, like, Austin and Dallas or... I mean, it, I don't probably not because it's, like, a city. So the, the next largest, like, major city from Cactus is Amarillo, so it's an hour away. But out of the major cities in Texas, Amarillo is, like, the small one. Mm. Um, and so it probably doesn't happen as much in the other parts of Texas. I mean, I wouldn't think just because it's less, like, open plains and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, I did. I survived a haboob. I should put it in my resume. <laughs> Maybe somebody will hire me with that fact. I've survived a haboob. They'll be like, we have a question on your resume. 
What did what you is, mean? <laughs> what is a haboob? What is a haboob? <laughs> but now you learned an Arabic word. You're welcome. I mean, I saw your Instagram and I saw Scarlene's Instagram and I'm like, oh, it looked like we had fun. It looked like you guys had fun, but like, I know <laughs> that you guys were there for we did. mission and for yeah. work and stuff. But like, yeah. I don't know. I want to know. So, when- yeah, like in the evenings and the weekends, like we had free time. So there's not much around Cactus, like to do anything majorly fun, like you have a significant drive ahead. And so um, we took drives multiple places. We ended up finding a lake that was only about an hour away. So we went swimming. It was a gorgeous lake. Like it was, the lakes here, like in Illinois, are green and nasty and gross. Like this lake, it's man-made, but it was like crystal clear, like you could see the bottom. Gorgeous. Um, So we went to the lake one day. Um, One day we drove to Colorado to go hiking. Um, So it was like a five-hour drive um, with the directors. That was a fun day. Um, My favorite thing that we did was we went shooting because you're in Texas. And so we went shooting. Yeah. Yee, yee. <laughs> I had never touched a gun in my life before, so I was like mildly mm-hmm. terrified. But we went twice, drove out in the middle of nowhere, shot at some cow pies because we didn't have anything to shoot at the first time. Did you get all bullseyes? Actually, I'm a decent shot. Yeah. I was like, the, the director, Phil, he told me, he's like, you're a decent shot. So it was Marissa and Scarlett. They did pretty good. We all did. I think we did good for not being like professional shooters for sure but so we went out i think two different times we went out shooting so that was fun um drove out in the middle of nowhere to do that and on those days is when uh one of the days scarlene wanted to pet a cow so yes she attempted didn't work (laughs) she tried (laughs) they were angry because we didn't have food for them but oh yep that was fun nice What's a cow pie? Cow poop. Cow poop? Dry cow poop. Why did you do that? Because we didn't have anything to shoot at. So you actually picked it up with your hands. Yeah. And then you threw it. Yeah. And you wash your hands later. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Midwest not doing that. (laughs) We have cows here. Not as many cows, but so yeah, we did that. And on my birthday, we went hiking um, in the canyon. So it's the second largest canyon in the U.S. next to the Grand Canyon. Um. When hiking, I also thought I was going to die that day because um, <laughs> it got really hot. I'm not very athletically inclined. Uh, <laughs> and we ran out of water. And so I no. was, I, I looked up at the sky and I was like, well, this might be my this time to it. go. Like, But then after that, we got to go to the restaurant. Have you ever watched the show Man vs. Food? I'm a Food Network junkie. Yeah, okay. okay. So this guy, he like would go out and do all these like crazy eating challenges. So this restaurant we went to is like known in Texas of like the home of the 72 ounce steak. Like this thing is bigger than your head. Giant steak. So anyway, we went to that restaurant. Nobody ate it in our group, <laughs> but it was a really good steak. That's good. And so that was where we went on my birthday. Got sang happy birthday to by a cowboy. Lauren, that was fun. It was fun. It Thanks. was fun. No, it's really fun <laughs> listening to... I've seen pictures, but I'm like, what's the story behind it? Or like, I want to know what she's doing. Yeah, it was a really cool time. I miss it. Shout out to Cactus Texas. If you ever want to go, they run trips. They run hot over there. We'll we'll get you signed up somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Go visit Cactus. It's an awesome place. Do you see yourself returning to Um, volunteer? Yeah, so if I end up getting a job with like a local church where um, 
I'm running any sort of like mission trip or even just like encouraging my home church, um, I would love to to continue to take groups down there. They're always they're always taking in mission trips, groups of people. So like the university sends groups each year, um, but then groups from other churches and places go, um, and they're able to help them out with whatever they need that week. And so I would love to like run trips and and continue to be involved that way. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, this was awesome. First of all, I you like taught me a lot at the beginning, and I mean the whole time. But like when we were talking about like the whole like um, conversations between Christians and Muslims, that was really inspiring. So thank you for thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a great episode of Perfectly Not Normal. And so just search perfectly <laughs> not normal wherever you not only on any podcast platform, but on social media, find us there on Facebook at perfectly not normal or on Instagram at perfectly dot not dot normal. I think all that we have to say is bye, bye for, for now. now.